Welcome to On the Job with Porak, your go-to place for public safety and officer rights, giving you the news you need to know and discussing the issues that matter. Hi, and welcome to On the Job with Porak. I'm Brian Marvel, president of Porak. Alongside me is Porak Vice President Damon Kurtz. Today we're in San Diego for the first Board of Director meetings of 2020. And with us is newly elected Region 4 Executive Committee member, Brian Avera from the San Diego POA, which I hail from. Thanks, Brian, for coming in. Thank you for having me. I'm really glad to be here with you guys. I want to congratulate you for... Uh, taking over the executive committee member at conference. It's a big step from being the director at large and now being the executive director. Um, so what are your thoughts on that? Well, uh, first of all, I'm just honored to be able to step up and to serve in this capacity. And I understand, you know, I'm going to be covering a, a, a large area uh, from Orange County and sliding over into San Bernardino and everything south, going into uh, Riverside and into San Diego, now to Imperial. I think one thing that kind of helps me out with this is that I actually live in Temecula, California, and I commute down to uh, to San Diego. So there's two counties right there. Every day I've got a, a 60 you know mile commitment commute. Usually it's one hour in and two hours uh, going home. But I've got family all over the place uh, in law enforcement and whatnot. And that helps out. I'm really active with moving all over Southern California. And I just feel honored to be able, you know, as I drive throughout all of the communities to know that all of the peace officers there, many of them that are uh, serving and protecting their individual communities, you know, that I actually am representing them. And I always try to expand it out, you know, the, the, the peace officers that are that are out there you know, pushing the uh, the black and whites that are out there working a graveyard shift, whatnot, keeping us safe. I always expanded out, actually representing, in a sense, uh, their families, too, because I know they couldn't do it without their families. I know I can't do it without mine, my wife, and we've got uh, a little daughter. So I, I always expanded out and think that way in terms of the uh, representation. That's a good perspective, you know, having looking at it that way and then understanding that when you come up to the executive board level, um, you're no longer just representing San Diego POA. That's when you're at the board. But at the executive board level, it's a it's a statewide issue and it's law enforcement as a whole. And so to be able to draw on your family members and other friends and from other agencies and realizing that you represent them too when you're there. So you're not solely focused on San Diego. So that's that's good. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and it's just that, it, 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 as you said, you need to take it from, you know, more of a macro look, if, if you will. It's, it's, it's definitely, um, it's a big responsibility. I'm honored. I'm honored to do it. Yeah. And I appreciate you uh, talking about the families because, uh, you know, to be quite honest, uh, everybody that does this, you know, it's, it is really with the support of our family uh, that we come home to every day that uh, really let us uh, do what we get to do to serve our communities uh, in the best capacity possible. So why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit of background, what got you into law enforcement and how you got here today? Sure. Well, I, I think I, if I'm being honest with you, I have to, I have to take a step back and maybe go back to one of the previous his podcasts and it sounds funny but it probably does go back to uh, Eric Estrada and, and seeing the show Chips uh, believe it or not uh, but I can remember being a, a little kid and uh, seeing that show <laughs> and uh, that just kind of being uh, mo motivating you know seeing that as, as, a, as a as a little boy my mom actually makes fun of me and, and reminds me when that show used to come on I'd go running towards the, the TV when the intro song came on and, and I, I know we all know the uh, the intro into uh, in, into Chips 
chips. But you know, maybe we can get Chris to put it in the podcast. I was thinking, yeah. I was thinking Brian could hum it in the background. It'd be great. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. There it is. Oh well, that that would be something <laughs> if you could. Uh, okay, boomer. <laughs> work, 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 work that into this. And then you know, I think I grew up in a in a time when uh, there is a lot of a lot of uh, kids, uh, little boys and uh, little girls that you know by the time they were in kindergarten, they wanted to be a police officer. I, I just grew up in a in, in that in that time, um, and I think you know we could talk about it. But I think things are uh, things are changing. But um, I I ended up going into the Marine Corps and uh, was actually a, a sergeant had just returned from uh, Iraq. It was actually a L.A. Sheriff's uh, Department. They had a recruiter out there and it just kind of turned on uh, kind of the, uh, you know, the the light bulb, you know, in, in my mind or whatnot that, you know, this is something that I want to do. Uh, I was getting out of the Marine Corps and I, I found out that the San Diego Police Department was hiring. Uh, I went and took the test and everything seemed to work out. And I've, I've never uh, regretted, you know, that day that I decided to take the test and, uh, you know, go through the process and interview and make it. Uh, I'll never forget getting that conditional job offer and walking out of our uh, our, our building at a 1401 Broadway and looking up there and it's saying, uh, you know, San Diego Police Headquarters. I'll, I'll never forget that. So on a side note, you know, I read somewhere down here in San Diego, uh, we have a community police advisory board. I sat on that when I was the president of the SDPOA. I just read recently that they're they're recommending that uh, the police department doesn't hire veterans because they feel that uh, veterans are unstable is the premise that I took from the article. And uh, I'm sure that wasn't well received, especially in this community. We're a huge military town in San Diego. Uh, I'm a veteran. Damon's a veteran. Obviously, Brian's a veteran. And uh we get a great pool of candidates out of veterans. So it was very disappointing to hear that come from that group when we're having such a hard time trying to recruit people to want to be police officers because of the national dialogue and the way the media continues to portray us in a negative light that they would put that out. Well, I think the dialogue is it's bad to be biased unless you're biased against police officers and veterans. That seems to be the national narrative. Yeah, I could agree with that. It was just absolutely disappointing when that recommendation uh, came out. Yeah, you know, because I know the officers that are that are going out there, and you know, many of them are are veterans. You know, maybe it's uh, in the thirty percent or so. I know that these officers are putting on their their uniforms. It usually takes about 10 minutes to put everything on from the vest that you're putting on to protect yourselves from something that could happen. But they're going out there. The bottom line is they're going out there to protect our families and our communities. They're not going out there to harm anyone. They're going out there to protect everyone. To go back to... Um Actually, you're, you know, you got the job offer. What are some of the things that you've done within the San Diego Police Department? And I know, uh, I think you were working on your advanced degrees too. Yeah, I um, came on the, uh, the the police department and almost had an associate's degree. And I earned that actually well in the, uh, the the Marine Corps. And once I felt that I got a footing with doing the the job, I felt that I could go back to, to school. So I went to every, I think, single community college in the, the entire county and then in Ended up getting accepted at San Diego State University, uh, got a bachelor's degree there in, in public administration, uh, and then went back in 2012 when I was done in 2015 and, and earned my master's degree in, in public administration. And, um, and that's actually where where I met where I met you. Brian was doing my uh, my research. Yep digging into those MOUs and and uh, just talking to you and, and, and going over the, the issues. And I dedicated all my 
research to our, our low police staffing uh, levels. And that's actually what motivated me, you know, to get into uh, association leadership and get involved. Yeah, and I remember that. And, um, I, you know, I thought it was really cool that you came up and wanted to talk to me about it. And I think after we had that conversation, I sort of was like, hey, you should try to run for the board because that's going to sort of dovetail into uh, some of the conversation that we want to talk to you about in regard to uh, trying to get a younger generation of officers to to run for their their association boards and and try to move up and and be the new torchbearers uh, after you know like Damon and I retire we need people to come up behind us that are willing to carry the torch you know if I was going to ask what is it as a younger officer I mean no you're not young but you're you've been around for a little while but you're still kind of have ties to the younger generation what recommendations would you have to association leadership and even those out there trying to recruit new officers into the field but those that are already here how do we get them to be engaged the, the younger officers you know this goes back to just a few months ago I uh, was able to participate in a, in a panel it was actually for the University of San Diego the uh, Lil's panel law enforcement association leadership symposium and we talked about this very very topic I think associations they really need to think about succession planning and bringing people up and you know I know it worked for me the way that it happened is I had someone reach out to me and ask me if I'd ever thought about it and well that person you know happens to be sitting in this room right now but that's exactly what needs to happen I think leaders on the association you know need to be able you know to kind of scout out there and look at the horizon and see who's out there and if they see good and potential in someone just to simply have a conversation with them, uh, bring them in, uh, mentor them, show them uh, what's going on and and how to do this. And we're familiar with that in our in our profession and in, in law enforcement. You have to start out somewhere. We all start out as peace officers in the field. We learn how to do that job. And through some time, you know, people start becoming uh, supervisors and taking on more responsibility. And I think we just need to utilize those same practices that we use at our police departments and our sheriff's departments and bring that into the association. I don't think we could uh, have everyone on our boards, you know, that are all at the age of, you know, pushing 50 and they, they, they can retire. Nothing wrong with being, you know, 50 at all. We need that senior leadership. But I think it's healthy to have, you know, people that have been around for 5, 10 and 15 years, you know, and maybe they're in their 30s. And that's when I came on doing association leadership in my in my mid-30s. And I think that's the real diversity that we should be looking for. Uh, we shouldn't always just think about uh diversity in terms of uh, ethnicities or, or whatnot. We should think about it as a diversity and age and experience. And people truly do have something to bring into associations in, when they're a little, a little bit younger. Yeah, I think that's uh, vitally important. Um, because you don't want a board full of people who can retire because uh, if they all do retire, then next thing you know, you have a group of people who've done nothing and that, that'd be the worst thing possible to go into contract negotiations. I think one of the hardest things though is, you know, typically it's the senior officers that have a little more time on their hands or have the ability to, to donate time. And most of our organizations are a volunteer organization and, and so often trying to get the youth to be the volunteers for that cause. You know, they have other things going on in their life and then the association is usually not up there on the, on the totem pole of uh, rank. Yeah, I think absolutely. You know, everyone that gets involved into association leadership, you know, union uh, leadership, it really has to be in your heart. It's a sacrifice. It absolutely is. Um, there's There's time away 
from the family. Uh, there's even time away, uh, you know, from, from work. And, you know, there's sacrifice in there. But if you have it in your heart, then you're going to do what it takes to represent your members. And at the San Diego POA, we have 1,800 members. And again, I always go back to, you know, my mindset. Again, I know I've already said this, but it's not just the 1,800 officers. It's their families that they're making a living and going home and, and supporting their families. So now that uh, you're board director at large, executive director, you know, what are your thoughts and plans? What would you like to bring to PORAC to, uh, you know, to raise the bar as a as an executive director? Well, First of all, just like anywhere that you go, I, th I think it's it's healthy when you get somewhere to to sit back and learn and see what's uh, going on. So that's my intention, you know, coming into this. But you know, like anything with anywhere I go, I try to go there and to make it better because I believe every organization uh, can be made better, whether that be, uh, you know, a private business, an organization, a police department or or an association. Um, so what I would like to do is is to assist uh, with getting positive messaging out there. Uh, and I, I know it's a cliche, you know, it comes across as, uh, you know, uh, bridging the gap. But I think there is, uh, there's a gap there. It goes back to what I said with the police officers that are coming out there to serve our communities and to protect our communities. Uh, I hope that I could come into this and, and somehow work on getting positive messaging out there. Um, there's a lot of talk about uh, police use of force. And I really think that we need to work on, you know, even so the terminology uh, that we're using. Um, I think it's a shared responsibility when we see peace officers uh, having uh, incidents and confrontations of uh, members in the public. I say shared responsibility because that individual, you know, does have a responsibility to follow the directions of the, of the peace officers. 99.99% uh, of the time, if someone follows uh, directions, things end peacefully. So I hope I could come uh, to PORAC and just work to bring that message, whatever we have to do through social media outreach to continue what we're doing in Sacramento, talking to our legislators, building relationships, reaching out to other nonprofits to get the messaging out there. I agree with you on the, uh, I think there needs to be a paradigm shift on, on um, use of force in that language. And uh, I know we've talked a little bit about it um, because the reality is, like you stated, um, you know, we're reacting to resistance. And I think that's important. And uh, especially now, the way the dialogue's going in that area. So I think everything is actually just that it's a res response to resistance. We're always behind the eight ball and whatever the you know suspect citizen does, we're going to react to what they're doing. And that'll be uh, that'll be a good conversation to have and trying to uh, to get that language changed. Um, I anticipate that it'll be a pretty uh, pretty heavy lift and a arduous uh, arduous time to do it. Well, I want to thank you, Brian, for being here. I want to thank our listeners for joining us on the latest episode. We hope you enjoyed it and we'd love to hear your ideas for upcoming episodes. Join us on all our social media platforms and be sure to tag us with your suggestions. Go to poorac.org, poorac.org to learn more about California's largest law enforcement organization. We represent over 75,000 public safety members. Make sure to check out our archived monthly podcasts on iTunes, Google, YouTube, and wherever available. Lastly, we extend a thank you to all our PORAC members and our nation's law enforcement. Be safe and have a great day. 
That's it for this episode. Make sure you tune in next time as we discuss the issues that matter. 